Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a great week. I am back from vacation and oh my goodness, so much has happened while I was away. Kyle and Mauricio announced they were separating and then they came out and said they're not getting a divorce. So that was very interesting. We all had been speculating on what had been going on in their relationship since they didn't appear to be spending much time together. And Kyle has been spending a lot of time with a country singer, Morgan Wade. Um, I guess my take on all of it is just, I really don't want to assume anything about Kyle until she comes out and says whatever she wants herself. I just don't like speculating on her sexuality or any of that, um, especially since this singer, Morgan Wade, has not ever, to my understanding, publicly come out and said she dates women or is a lesbian or bisexual or anything like that. And I just feel like outing people um, is not isn't cool. It's just not cool. And so while I know we are all very interested in this story, and trust me, I'm very interested and want to know what's going on. Um, I'm really hoping that Kyle will be honest, at least for the cameras, because she's always asking people to be open and honest. Just be honest. Just be honest. And I really hope she is. Um, I understand why there are some things she may not want to share, but because she is on this reality TV program, I really do think that it's um, her job to let us know what's going on. I did chuckle, though, um, when she posted a comment. So Mauricio posted kind of a thirst trap pic of him shirtless and about how he's lost a lot of weight and he's like working on himself. And she said, must be Ozempic. And then he was laughing and that was cute. So it's clear that they at least appear publicly to be on good terms. It kind of breaks my heart because they'd been together so long. And it's always sad when a marriage seems like it's ending. But we'll see. We'll see what's going on. I know so many people have their theories, but here's mine. Okay. So my theory is back, I think it was in May of 2022. I could be wrong about the timeline. Kyle lost one of her closest, dearest friends to suicide. And that is a world, earth, life-shattering experience to go through. And in general, grief is just such a roller coaster and people handle it so differently. And I've noticed a lot of times, especially people who are in romantic relationships, them and their partner handle things differently or the partner doesn't always understand why the other person is doing what they're doing or dealing with grief the way they're dealing with grief. And there's so many ways to deal with it. And I feel like for whatever reason, around this time, she really connected with this country singer, Morgan Wade. And maybe they have something in common related to that, something like that. But that's my theory of why she's spending so much time with this person who, um, 
yeah, she seems very close with. Another Real Housewives of Beverly Hills tidbit. So Garcelle was on Watch What Happens Live this week. And normally I am a huge Garcelle fan, but I have two bones to pick with her. The first is everything to do with the bots that were going after her son. So she said that she was hiring someone to figure it out and they would know in the next day or two that was like, so long ago. We never found out. She then comes on Watch What Happens Live and says that they were so close to figuring out, but they didn't. But she has a thought of who it might be. And she basically alluded that she thinks it's her castmates, including Diana. Meanwhile, and not that Diana is the most reliable of people, but behind the scenes, and now she's coming out publicly saying that, you know, she hired to do her own legal investigation and Garcelle refused to cooperate. And so she's like, I want to know who are behind these bots as well. And like, let's get to the bottom of it. Now, I understand why Garcelle wouldn't want to trust Diana if she thinks Diana's behind it. But Maybe, I don't know, like maybe it's not Diana. A lot of people online had been speculating that, you know, Nicki Minaj had come after Garcelle in some way and her fans are absolutely ruthless and maybe one of her fans decided to do this. I don't know. I don't know what I believe, but I don't like that she keeps trying to skirt the issue saying, oh, we're going to figure it out and then I'm not going to do whatever I need to do to figure it out. All of it is a little suspect to me, um, especially since she always wants other people to be open um, about their lives and stuff. So, yeah. And especially since she said that her and Sutton have been very suspicious of Kyle all season and keep bringing up Kyle and Mauricio. So it's like, okay, if you're going to bring up other people's shit, then maybe people should bring up yours. And speaking of her shit, Oliver, her son, who was on Vanderpump Rules, misbehaving, basically, was in a relationship, was married to a woman, said he was getting separated and divorced from this woman, but was still physically intimate with her while he was also pursuing other women. Not a great look, not something that the woman was aware of that he was in a relationship with, not something that the other women that he was pursuing knew. He was definitely being shady and not open, and Lala called him out on it. And when Lala did that, then Garcelle unfollowed Lala, which I get, you know, and Lala even said, hey, listen, if someone went after my kid, like I would be way meaner than unfollowing. So totally understand Garcelle. But at the same time, Garcelle, like, this is what your son did. Let him deal with the consequences of his own actions. You don't need to protect him or whatever. And it turns out that at the Vanderpump Dogs Gala, Garcelle and her son Oliver were supposed to be or at a table seated with Lala, and they decided to leave rather than sit with Lala at that table at the gala. And I don't know, like, is she so afraid of just confronting like this is your reality TV star? Like, I don't know. And this is a gala like just I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Love Garcelle. But I hope that she is as open and forthcoming as we're asking Kyle to be. And I think, you know, we want to see a lot from all of them. 
In terms of all of the other shows, I get into that with Noor from The Reality Is on this week's podcast. We chat everything from Vanderpump Rules, be nominated for an Emmy, to Crappy Lake, oh my God, to everything with the new Roni Housewives. We go through them one by one, all the different women, what to expect, what we've heard, what we're thinking, and of course, the Real Housewives of Orange County and Atlanta. As always, if you have any constructive criticism for me, feel free to reach out to me in my DMs at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram. And if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. I've had a few not-so-kind reviews lately, you know, whatever, it's freedom of speech, but if you come after me, my ethnicity, and my religion, I will make sure that it is taken down, and someone did that recently by commenting on me being Jewish, and they used a lightning symbol in the review, and two lightning symbols together signify SS uh, for Nazis. And um, I just didn't want to take a chance of leaving it up there. It made me really uncomfortable. And so if you are listening to this podcast and you are uncomfortable in some way, please, please just turn it off. No one's forcing you to listen to this. This is my podcast. It's my opinions. It's my life. I'm not asking you for anything. I don't have a Patreon. I'm not asking for subscriptions of any kind. It's just if you like it, listen. And if you don't, don't. Um, but if you are so pissed off about life that you feel like you want to go give me a one-star review, whatever, and go ahead, but you have the option to reach out to me privately. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then back with Noor from The Reality Is. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I am here with Noor from The Reality Is. A few of you guys have requested that she be back on the podcast. Um, so, Noor, you should feel very honored that I'm asking you to be on. And it's not just me, but it's coming from my listeners. So welcome to the podcast, my favorite South Asian Deshi. Do you say Deshi or Desi? I say Desi, yeah. Desi, okay. Yeah. Um, that's what they would say when I was in Bangladesh, but I was I know, I, I love was like it. The white chick there. <laughs> I love it. I love that you even say I love that you said Desi because it reminded me that you have you spent time in Bangladesh. So like I think I that's adorable. love that place. And I'm really mm-hmm. sad I haven't been there in a while and most of my friends there have left because of oh. not great conditions. Yeah. So a lot of them have actually gone to the UK. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of like connections as, as we'll find from the Real Housewives of New York, that there are a yes. lot of connections between the UK and the Desi community. <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, thank you. Uh, I, I literally gasped right now when you said that I was requested. I was like, what? Me? Little old me? So thank yes. you. Thank you. 
I love being here. Well, we're so excited to have you and want to jump into something that you just alerted me to that I was unaware of because I'm unaware of absolutely everything, apparently. Um, the best thing, though, is that I'm the most aware person at work. So like anything in pop culture, yeah. people comment to me. Like we had a professional experience this week with Paris Hilton and I made it, I was like, that's hot. And then I was like, oh, I have to explain on the like Microsoft Teams chat that that's her signature line so that they don't think I'm like awkwardly saying that's hot about like a policy thing that we're working on. <laughs> Anyways, but you mentioned that there was some sort of brawl uh, around the Real Houses of Potomac and filming and I am unaware of where the brawl happened, when it happened, who was involved. Please, please enlighten us. There were fisticuffs, apparently. So last night they were filming Real Housewives of Potomac. Um, Also, I want to clarify that there was a couple weeks ago, there were pictures from like, I think Karen's 60th birthday party. And everybody was like, oh, that was the finale party. And then that week, I was at a wedding in Maryland, and I <gasps> ran into Chris Bassett. Yes, yes. Okay, I had this to tie. I was like, we're going to talk about this. I need to hear everything. So did he tell you they weren't done filming? Yeah, he was like, no, we still have like three weeks of filming to go. He's, by the way, so nice and Aww. quite handsome, guys. Like, hey, I was like, I'm a Bassett like, hound. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. From Bassett hound to Bassett hound handsome and he, like so nice is. and and like i could totally see why like candace like adorable little candace is charmed by him because he's so nice and it was funny because he was like work so the reason i ran in, in him at the wedding is because he works for a hospitality group and my friend who was getting married um the venue that she was at he was like running the wedding basically like he was making sure the kitchen was running well and everything and the event everything so he was kind of hanging out by the bar and by the kitchen, just making sure everything's going well. And he had his phone out and he was like looking at his phone or whatever. And I just looked at him and I realized like he's standing exactly the way last season that Deborah was like, yes, he was trying to talk to me. He was like hanging <laughs> over me. I was like, he literally was standing the exact same way as like that footage that they pulled out from, you know, like whatever, like the the like fuzzy camera footage or whatever that was. Anyway, last night there was a party, I guess there was a gathering and there's been two new friends up, I guess, added to the show. Um, now I don't know how to pronounce her name. I think it's Kiana. Kiana um, is a new friend of, and she is um, Dr. Wendy's friend. And Deborah from last season is Ashley. Sesame friend. street. Deborah. Sesame Street. Deborah. Okay. That's right. So apparently there was a party last night. And Mandy, this is what the party was for. It was to launch a new athleisure line that Giselle and Ashley are launching together. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? I bet it'll be more successful than She by Sheree. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 100% and it's not going to be $265 for a pair of sweatpants or and whatever you know things will actually ship <laughs> yeah if you <laughs> like, order stuff you'll actually get it I um, think I actually think that's a good idea because they're actually both always in athleisure yeah Ashley is always wearing athleisure I have friends who have started frequenting the uh, like two or three year old birthday party circuit in Arlington, <laughs> Virginia, mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. keep running into her. 
Um, none of them watch the show, but they are now friends with her and her kids. Oh, the kids are friends. They're like in the same, I don't know, preschool, whatever it is. I love that. And so then someone's uh, like, oh, do you do you know an Ashley Darby? Do you know her, like her kid, Dean? I was like, I know all you mean. It's like, doesn't he look like John C. Riley? Which yes. is what you guys came up with, you and RT. <laughs> I've, that's all I see. And that's I'm all I see now. I'm still convinced that John C. Riley is actually the father of her baby <laughs> because it looks so much like him. Okay. So yesterday there was a party for Ashley Darby and Giselle Bryant's new act of Orline. And apparently, now I don't know what this has to do with Candace, but apparently Deborah and Candace had been talking shit about each other all night, just like talking words, whatever. Candace was probably making fun of her. And it says Candace was confronting Deborah about what she had been saying about Chris. And then Kiana, who is Wendy's friend, walked up and got herself herself involved. And um, apparently Kiana threw the first. This is what the inside source said. Okay. Kiana, who is joining RJP season eight as a friend of to Wendy Osefo, was the first one to throw the punch. But it was Deborah who may end up with the last laugh. According to sources, Deborah and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is so silly for me to read. Deborah ate Kiana up. What? What does it even mean? <laughs> what? Like <laughs> reveals Potomac Insider explaining that Kiana's getting involved only made things worse. Deborah definitely won. <laughs> like, okay, who was this? Was this Deborah in a Groucho Marks like costume? Like she had on like a voice, you know, a voice modulator, and she was like, "No, Deborah definitely won." Like. So apparently they got into a fight. Like um, a physical, like someone hit someone. Somebody, yeah, there's a, there's footage. I think that people, <gasps> I think, I don't know if it was another one of those, somebody threw a drink and then somebody swung hands and then somebody blah, 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 this and that. Apparently, um, Kiana ended up having to go potentially to a hospital afterwards just to like check on herself. Now, here's my thing, Mandy. These are two friends of fighting. Frankly speaking... Here's the way I want this to play out on the television show. And if you're a Potomac producer, listen up. I want this to be edited the way that they did last season when they would have those fights of Mia and Jacqueline. And like all the girls were just like sitting around watching these two girls fight with each other. (laughs) And it was like a television program inside of a television program. Like it would always almost be like, okay, girls, we did our jobs. Let's sit back and watch these two fight with each other. And then they would just like to their confessionals and them of them just like making jokes about watching these two desperate people just like make up shit about each other you know what i mean that's what i want because whatever they're doing obviously they're doing because like in this insider report it keeps saying how like deborah may have like got herself a flute a champagne flute by doing this and i'm like you're not going to become a permanent on a show by getting into a rowdy ass fight like that's not how this shit works yeah hr doesn't like that no, and it feels like if that's your if that's what you think is going to get you on the show, then you're also bringing a level of like delusion that could be delightful if edited well. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there is always that. Yeah. Like, uh, what was her name? That girl from Atlanta a couple of seasons ago, the Cookie Lady. Not the no. <laughs> Cookie Lady. Yeah, trying to remember. But um, also, there the was a girl. Of- um she was like kenya's like she was a little yes yes she was like a tiny little little spicy she was the one who slept with like or maybe had an affair with or maybe was dating like drew's 
pastor Preacher. or something like that. Yes, I, I remember. <laughs> yes. I Yes, I'm... <laughs> So, like, those <laughs> characters to me are always so funny. And if you're telling me that two of them exist this season and they're getting into a fight with each other, that could be potential comedy. And so that's how I, how I need this to be filmed because, frankly, I don't care. Like, you're not a, you're a friend of. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like the physical stuff. It really mm-hmm. is frustrating. I feel like people should know at a certain age, like, you need to like learn to regulate your own behavior and mm-hmm. people shouldn't be throwing drinks because that leads to people getting aggravated as well. So, yeah. and I'm also firmly on the side of like no words could ever be said that should lead to physical violence. So like Same. Candace can run her mouth all day. And if you can't Agreed. respond with words and you use your fist, it just means that you're not as eloquent as she is in tearing people up with words and if yeah. it upsets you, you can leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, all that being said, I hope it's a funny fight and not like a Monique Candace thing that got really yes. dark and felt really scary to watch. Yes. People are already like the Zabruder flat filing, like the whatever, the the footage. They're just like really looking into every single corner, every single angle, because there's multiple phones that have made a video of the fight and they're all on the internet right now. And everybody's like, who is that in the yellow? Is it Giselle? Is Giselle pulling somebody down? Oh, there goes Giselle getting herself involved again. And they're like, where's Robin? Nobody sees Robin. Did Robin get demoted? I'm like, everybody needs to relax. So this is why I'm excited for the new Roni. We don't have leaks. We don't know what yes. they're talking about and what's yep. going to be shown. And I'm frustrated because I don't have time to follow the storylines as they're happening in real life. Mm-hmm. And like, it's so frustrating with the Vanderpump Rules stuff. It's like, please stop posting things about what they're filming. I'll watch it in like seven or eight months when it's been filmed. Like, I don't need yeah. to know all of it. But I feel like it's it's like a lot of work to keep up and it's exhausting. And I also don't want it to be spoiled. Yeah, so. I've been I've actually just been avoiding all the Vanderpump Rules stuff. Like people mm-hmm. keep, again, posting fuzzy footage of like somebody fighting with somebody. And I'm like, you know, I just don't care. And it's also kind of wild to me. Like I just saw one clip, I think. And it was like during a quick Twitter scroll. And it was the Toms talking to each other and they're surrounded by people, surrounded by people on their phones, like making a video of them. And I almost want the to tell the producers of Vanderpump Rules, you guys have to stop filming in public then. You have to start filming in like closed sets, basically. Yeah. Because this is weird. It's also strange. I mean, they also don't need this. Like you don't need people to be filming the show or like, you know, posting stuff about your show like. Vanderpump Rules is set for at least two years. Like, people are going to be tuning into this show now. You know what I mean? So I just, I don't know. That stuff bothers me, too. Like, just, you know, you wouldn't go on the Game of Thrones set and make videos. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And this is the type of caliber television now that there is an Emmy. You know, there are two Emmys at stake with Vanderpump Rules. So we need to, let's elevate how we (laughs) are managing this set. Oh my god, I I felt did you feel vindicated? Are you a Vanderpump Rules person or are you more housewives? I'm Vanderpump Rules since okay. day one. Okay. I mean I'm I have a dog housewives. named Stassi. My God, like we got <laughs> <laughs> I 
that. I can't unname her Stasi. It's <laughs> the only name she knows. So, like, l- please give me something here, you know? Like, an yeah. Emmy. Now we got. Now I feel vindicated, and and all the ten a decade of my life has been spent <laughs> dedicated you know, to this show. <laughs> my favorite thing about it is that the category is unstructured reality television program, and I keep saying that that's how I'm going to describe my life from now. On. I'm going to say <laughs> I'm on an unstructured reality television program. Unstructured is is fantastic. It's oh my god. Okay. So before we get on to the shows that premiered this week, I want to get your thoughts on the cast of the new Brony because the day that this podcast comes out is the day that it premieres. Ooh. So okay. I'm gonna read a brief thing about each of the cast and you tell me what you've heard about them. Because I feel like you've been reading and paying attention, and I actually don't know most of the people. So there's Cy De Silva, who's a Brooklyn Uh native. She's a fashion and lifestyle influencer. She's got married, has two kids. Her husband manages the household. Love that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then apparently during filming, her mother dies, and she's forced to revisit a complicated relationship that they have. Oh, well, that's... First of all, very exciting. So I don't know anything about her, but I do know that she is Latina, I think. And she is um, so she I I like the fact that she's in Brooklyn because you definitely need that. You definitely need a person in Real Housewives of New York that also lives not in Manhattan. Um, And my friend followed her on Instagram for a while. And she said one of the things she noticed that her husband, they would never she would never post her husband's face. And so I wonder how that's going to go with filming the television show. Interesting. I would mm-hmm. understand more not publishing your, like, posting your kid's face. Yeah. Right? But your husband. But your husband. Hmm. hmm. Then there's Uba Hassan, mm-hmm. who's a Somali model, philanthropist, and entrepreneur. She's got this hot sauce called Uba Hot, which was listed on Oprah's Favorite Things. Guys, this is all from <laughs> BravoTV.com. I didn't do a lot of research. Um, and she's trying to run her business without the help of investors. And I've heard, just from accounts on Twitter, no actual background on this that she may be related to Chanel Ayan. I hope this wasn't someone who just assumes that all Somali models are related. I know. Well, exactly. Number one, I hope that that's also the case. Right? Two, I'm super excited to see her. Um, I'm assuming by her name, Oba Hassan, that she is probably comes from a Muslim family. Um, so that's exciting for me. Um, but you know, there was a clip that was going around a couple weeks ago of all of them sitting together talking and they're playing like sex games and stuff like just like questionnaires, like sex questionnaires. And somebody said like, you know, what would if you could have a porno, what would it be or something like that? What would the theme be or something? And Uba said something like um, it would be something really halal, right? She was like, <laughs> it would have to be halal. And one of the other women, I think her name is Erin. Is that a person on yes. the cast? Erin said, oh, like the food? And I was like, and then she was like, oh, like the halal carts. And I was like, you don't know what halal means. And so it just like made me laugh because I was like, I can't wait for this to come up because Erin doesn't know what she's saying. And Uba didn't clock her for it. But I noticed. And so I'm just excited to see those kinds of like strange interactions happen because clearly these are two people who who don't walk the same lives. And I feel like that's always interesting. So 
because I don't, maybe I don't know halal. I thought that halal was a set of sort of dietary requirements similar to kosher, but yes, for but but is it also like it other- just means yeah, it just means like allowed or forbidden. Yeah, right? okay. So like, like like they're saying, oh, that's not kosher. That's like a phrase people use yes. when you're not supposed to do something. Like even yes. if it's not related to being kosher people it's like a phrase exactly so it was she was using it kind of in that way yeah like something that's not forbidden yeah you know it would have to be like an okay sort of an above the board yeah okay yeah and then also because a lot of people think that when you say like nowadays when people say i'm gonna go get halal for lunch in new york city people think that that literally just means like the halal carts like the gyro carts uh-huh. So they've started to sort of like make those things two things synonymous with each other. So it's like, oh, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get a halal platter for lunch, and they just assume that that means the gyro platter. And so the way that Aaron responded to that, I was like, I think Aaron is one of those people that thinks that halal is a name of type a of food. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the gyro. It's the gyro plate, and I'm like, that's not it. It just made me, it just, whatever. But I'm excited to see her. Um, well, Erin is the next person I've got. Erin yeah. Licky, I think. Um, Litchy, I don't know. She is uh, apparently prominent reputation in the New York real estate scene and runs an interior design firm. She's a husband and three kids and was raised um, in Manhattan, but her family's Israeli. Now, they don't Ooh. mention that her family is Israeli in any of the Bravo promo stuff. And I think mm. that's because of all the stuff that went down with Lizzie and yes. people being like very anti-Semitic about, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, she's Israeli. That is literally where her family was born. Yeah. <laughs> like that is not a commentary on any sort of political anything. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming she's Jewish. Yes. So that's interesting to me because I thought I that was something that I noticed right away because obviously there was all this stuff with Lizzie and then apparently Lizzie was asked to not come back on the show because potentially there was some her husband may have said something so i know about that i don't know what's accurate but yeah. it just felt like a very bad misunderstanding between people mm-hmm. that were not trying to be kind mm-hmm. both on it, her end and on i think it was Bryn that was the one that was posing the questions yeah so apparently there was something that happened with lizzie where lizzie was asked not to come back on the show apparently it was real bad but then <clears throat> I thought it was because I thought that she was going to be the only Jewish person on the show. And I was like, I would think it would be ridiculous if you did a Real House of New York and not had a single Jewish person on the show. So exciting to hear hope. Like, I don't know if Lizzie or I'm sorry, if Aaron actually is Jewish. Um, yeah, she's got to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I would be excited to see that. Um, and yeah, I just want to like learn more about her. That's one person I don't know anything about. I was like, oh, this is a brand new person who i don't know yeah so. i'm interested in her for sure then there's jen alliance which we all know she's the former president and executive creative director of j crew she's got this new company and beauty brand called love scene um and she has a very rare genetic disorder that causes um some like skin conditions teeth conditions she wears dentures because of it um it's why she doesn't have eyelashes and so she's coming out with an eyelash line Uh, so i think it'll be an opportunity for people to get to know what it's like to have you know just an inherited genetic disorder that okay suddenly 
Her tagline makes way more sense to me. What was her tagline? Her tagline was something like, my lashes may may be fake, fake. but I I keep it 100% real. And I was like, that's corny. Everybody wears fake lashes nowadays. So she doesn't have eyelashes. Oh, see, guys, we need the background. We need the background. Yeah, we need an asterisk at the bottom. We need like a little (laughs) pop-up video thing, right? Like, why would you say that? And of course, because it's like a medical condition. I that's the thing I dive into, right? And it turns out there's like fewer than five thousand people in the U.S. that have this. It's like extremely rare. It's you know, but it's not life threatening in any way. Okay, thank God. It's just like a physical, like what you look like. Yeah, situation. I think her style is super cool. I think that, like, she's so... um, I think that there, like, especially recently, especially after COVID, there's been more and more younger women embracing their grace, which I think is really cool. I've just recently started to get grays, and I love them. They actually make me really happy. They look like little glittery strands in my head, and I really love them. And so anytime somebody comes on television and sort of, like has a style that previously was not shown. Like, I think a lot of her style is really androgynous and I think it's really cool. And I think she's a queer woman. So that's exciting too. Yes. But that outfit she had okay, on. I've been waiting for you to bring it up. At the premiere party. <laughs> what is going on? The top was so lovely. I love the flowers and like the tulle and it looked like she wasn't wearing a shirt underneath. Like it looked like it was bare underneath. So there was like a deep chest bare chest moment happening but she had on the craziest jeans and then i post i tweeted about it and then a bunch of people were like drop crotch jeans are in these days and i was like no they will never be in you can't make them think so i don't think so you guys drop crotch i understand baggy i understand wide like i understand loose i even understand them dragging on the ground but drop crotch no no no. And like all the other things, like the shoes and you couldn't see the shoes and you couldn't. It was just like, um, honestly, and I did like the top or I could see where she was going with it. But it did remind me of someone maybe who was like on a cruise ship working, <laughs> like handing out desserts, being like, I'm feeling hot, 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 you know, like that kind of an outfit. Like <laughs> It definitely looked like something from like, a Project Runway unconventional challenge. They were like, we yeah. need to do it. That's unconventional. Yeah. Oh, man. It's always funny when someone like her looks that way because she's the one that I'm expecting to be the style icon. Yeah, exactly. But we may be putting too much pressure on her. I know. And then there is Bryn Whitfield, who I'm a little nervous about because <laughs> I think she's the one that was involved in the altercation with Lizzie. And some of the things she said, I thought were not coming from a great place. Um, but I will give her a chance. Uh, she is from the Midwest, a single socialite, life of the party, a communications professional, whatever the hell that means. Does she work at a PR <laughs> company? Like, how can you work? Whatever. Um, and she says she craves stability in a family, but has a fear of commitment and also travels the world. So she can't, <laughs> she, which gets in the way. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so she's a walking contradiction about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but she seems to be the one that I think will drive a lot of conflict. It's my yes. guess. So yes. here I'm for very it. excited for her. She's giving me some very big Ashley Darby, messy Ashley Darby feelings, mm-hmm. uh, which Ashley Darby, hate her or love her, she is an essential to Real Housewives of Potomac. You need a young person who's just going to stir shit up and then be like, oh, I'm so cute. 
And I feel like that's Bryn. I mean, her tagline is one for the books. Like, I love like, to laugh, and but make me, make mad, me mad. And I'll date and I'll, your dad. <laughs> I'll date your dad. I was like, put that on my tombstone. It's amazing. That's so... so it's so ridiculous that I you have no choice but to love it. Yes. It's good. So, yeah. It's good. Um are you I mean I'm assuming you're really excited. Yeah, I am. But Very are much. you nostalgic about the old Rony when you watch Crappy Lake? Um, no, because I feel like Crappy Lake it alone is great like i think i think here's the thing i love sonia and ramona to, i'm sorry not sonia and ramona sonia and luann together i think they're really fun i i like the fact that they're out there doing whatever but honestly guys just follow them on social media like i don't follow ramona but occasionally on twitter somebody will post like a nonsensical like story she made i'm like you know what that's enough that's all i need of ramona because i'm getting that for free I'm getting those views, that silly stuff for free. She she posted a picture, a video of herself at like a Bridgerton experience. Oh, no. And she was wearing like a dress. And she was like, <laughs> guys, do you like this dress I'm wearing? She was like, Brigadoon. We all love the show Brigadoon. <laughs> I was like, it's this free. And then she was like trying to show she's using a Charlotte Tillsbury um, like bronzer. And she was like, I love this. It's Charlotte Tinsbury. And I was like, she's just, she's just so kooky. So I was like, it's I'm fine with Ramona on the internet. Yeah. Like keep her there. Um, I'm not nostalgic about any of these women. I don't feel that way about any of these shows. I know people feel like bring this person back and bring that person back. I'm like, no, that person served their purpose. You miss them so much. Go back and watch the old episodes. It's fine. Follow them on Instagram. You guys love Bethany so much. She's dying for your views. She's on everything. <laughs> she is. She's like, someone I need to mute. I like <laughs> something about her and how she talks and even how she looks is like so cringe to me that it's just like, oh, anyways. Um, but yeah. with Crappy Lake, I mean, I'm telling you, Wait, I... Oh, we God, didn't what? talk about Jessel Tank. <gasps> I miss her. Okay, hold on. A fashion publicist, wife, new mom to twin boys. She's Indian, grew up in London, says she was yes. raised in a tight-knit yet strict Indian household, and she struggles to share intimate details of her life with her parents across the pond. So yeah. she is the first Desi housewife. Yeah, she's the first Desi housewife, first Indian, South Asian, anything at all. Very exciting. Um, listen, it's a time to be alive, okay? <laughs> I've been saying that Rahasas of New Jersey needs a South Asian housewife because like there, we're, there's so many of us here. But New York definitely needs it because there's a lot of young, wealthy people in New York that are like on the scene all over as South Asians. I mean, I'm talking about people in their like late 30s, 40s, 50s that are like doing huge things. There's a restaurant. There's like a huge culture, I feel like, in New York that's so deeply part of like it's as New York as like the Dominican community as the Puerto Rican community as Hispanic community in New York like it's just as as deeply in, like in there now as like the Jewish community in New York part of being living in this area and part of New York culture is that stuff it's the fact that we have all these things so I'm excited for the fact that yes they brought back New York and they're really brought in that diversity but they really brought it in with like a th they really thought about it, right? You have a person, a Latina from 
Brooklyn, you have a person who was born in Israel, you have a Somali model, like you have all these things. You even have, you know, a person who's not from New York, somebody from the Midwest who now lives in New York. Like there is that big culture of you're from here, but you're not really like you're not from here, but you're from here and then you make it your home. Like I feel like that's really important. So I'm excited to see her. I do feel bad for her because she did apparently projectile vomit in the middle of the premiere party like all over everywhere couldn't stop which for whatever reason the viewers had made it seem as if she was like drink too much but it's clear from reading the page six article which i did this morning that i think she had norovirus (laughs) (laughs) that's my take on it (laughs) honestly it's some it's like a you know what it is it definitely feels like a nightmare come to life right like you it have is. like a nightmare you it's literally your nightmare like you know we all have those nightmares where you're like i'm at a big fancy party but i'm like not appropriately dressed appropriately dressed or like i'm at a big fancy party but i can't find my shoes or like i go to school and i keep talking and all my teeth are falling out it's one of those types of things like i finally made it on a fancy television show and then i went to the premiere party where my boss and all of my boss's friends were and I vomited everywhere. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's awful. It's, and she also, another reason why I think it's a viral infection is because she has two young kids. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they probably gave it to her, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. It's, I, oh, I feel so terrible, but I'm really excited for her. And I hope that she's able to share a bit of the culture. And also because, you know, she's from the UK and the UK yes. just has such a large South Asian community. Yes. I mean, I know, like, there are millions of Bangladeshis and, mm-hmm. and tens of millions probably of Indians, mm-hmm. you know, that live in and Pakistanis that live in the UK. Yeah. And I love it. And I'm excited to to kind of see that, like both the like the Indian culture, but also like the Indian UK sort of culture. Yeah, for sure. I think that there's also such an interesting like change, a difference, right? Of like people who are South Asian that live in the UK. First of all, like South Asians in the UK have existed for like so ever. long and they're fully embedded into the culture there in a very different way than South Asians in America. South Asians in America, that immigration primarily happened in like the 60s and 70s and 80s and like now recently. Immigration of um, South Asians into the UK has been happening forever. And also specifically because India was one of, you know, the, the, the one of the colonies. biggest like yeah. British colonies. So there's a huge part of that relationship that still is there. I mean, the current PM of, of the UK is Indian. The mayor of London is a Pakistani Muslim. Like there's a lot of stuff like that. And I think, that for a lot of South Asians in the UK, their relationship with their government is very different than the relationship that South Asians have in America because America is still very, very, I mean, hello, the UK is very white, but they have like the entire British monarchy, but like it's different than the experience here. And I would love to see what Jessel, if they ever get into it, like what Jessel's opinions are about like diversity in America and like all that kind of stuff. And of course her perspective is going to be very privileged because she works in fashion and she's wealthy and all of that. But I I, I want to see all that stuff happen. Like those conversations happen. And diversity in New York is different than diversity in the rest of the country as well. Absolutely. Yes. So, exactly. um, But I'm excited for it. I love New York. I'm hoping that they show more of the city and not just what we saw before. And I hope they go into Brooklyn a lot. 
because yeah. it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> and we, yeah. Anyways, okay. Right. Want to talk about Crappy Lake? Jumped the yes. gun there. Totally forgot, yes. Jessel. Okay. Um, I found it so much funnier than I thought I would, and mm-hmm. I think I was pleasantly surprised that the premise of the show was not making fun of the people that live in the town or the town itself. It was truly Sonia and Luann just finding themselves in a different environment than they're normally in and just going with the flow. Yes, absolutely. I was worried about that too. I was like, I don't want these two women to show up here and like make fun of a bunch of people. Right. But there is Sonia, especially is so sweet and so endearing and so kind. Like there's a moment when they're trying to come up with names for their like variety end of summer variety show. And she said, no, we have to make sure we get the name Benton in here because it's for the people of Benton and the people of Benton are going to be part of it. And we need them here because they're the, they're the stars. Like she kept saying that. And it, there is this thing about Sonia, right? Like, of course she tries to do the whole like, lady morgan thing and like i'm fancy and all this stuff but sonia is a like a small town girl she's a woman of the people (laughs) she's a woman of the people i mean she i adore her like i think that she she's just she's fantastic and i like the fact that luann being around sonia is making that side of luann come out more because sonia and luann both did the like i think they almost would play that up. And this is like my own psychoanalysis. I think sometimes when they were around Ramona, they would play up their statuses a lot more because Ramona didn't have any type of like link to like a big name. She didn't have a Morgan or account associated with them. And she was very successful. So I feel like around her, Luann and Sonia would always bring up the fact that they were like associated with these big families. And I think that without Ramona there, or even without Dorinda there, because Dorinda also is associated with like the person that she married and all that stuff. I feel like they're when they're both together, Luann and Sonia, they just they just do silly girlfriend stuff. Like they just, you know, like they just want to have fun together. They want to do their job. Like they don't want to get completely um, you know, shit faced in a way where they can't like take care of themselves. Like it's just and the end. Luann and Sonia both have never really been, and I, I don't want to say never, but because maybe I just don't remember, but they've not been aggressive drunks the way that like Dorinda gets, you know, mm-hmm. not mean. they're not mean. They're no, not, mean. they can harm themselves, but not others. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. Exactly. So and I like, think Luann, Luann is not drinking yeah. in this. They show her with yeah. Fosé all the time. They always are oh showing God, the bottle. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're she's right. not drinking any forgot. alcohol. She's totally lucid and it, at that bar scene when Sonia's drinking more and then goes home with that guy in the truck. Like <laughs> you can see that Luann is like still stone cold sober, but having a fabulous time. The time of her life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's she's amazing. And her she looks so damn good. Like she's so beautiful. <laughs> Those firemen when she's they stopped at the fire, oh you know, God, the fire it. station, and she's just flirting with them and explaining to the camera how you flirt and all. It's just, it's too much. It's so funny. They're so she's so good. They're so good at it. Yes, exactly. And I love the on the spot confessionals. Like I love the fact that they're like filming a scene and then they just kind of pull away and like get them to give them their thoughts. It's very like it's very best in show, like yes, like movie. (laughs) And I think that I think like that's the stuff that like people really want to see. There's also it's like it's filmed differently. And I love the fact that they're only 20 minute episodes. Like if you watch it on Peacock, it's a 20 minute episode. You're done. 
I, I'm actually really happy and I think it's really sweet. And I, I didn't know where Benton, Illinois was. And truthfully, I didn't even know much about Illinois at all because I'm not a Midwest girly like you, but I don't know a lot about the Midwest. And I ended up just like Googling stuff about Benton, Illinois. And I was like, oh, okay, let me see what this is about. And like, it made me laugh that like the two brown people on the show are two Indians who own a hotel, which is like very, and I can say this because I'm South Asian. It's very quintessential, like Gujarati culture for a Patel to own a hotel. It's just like hilarious to me. And I just found, <laughs> I just think it's so funny. Like I, I think it's great. I think the show is so refreshing and it's just silly because they're, they're in on the joke, you know, they are. I think they're That's in on the, the best part. And they're in on the joke and they, they're being sincere with the people that they're interacting with. It's a great time. If you guys haven't yet watched, I highly encourage you to. It's just, it's a, like, it gives you warm and fuzzies. It's a great, yes. you feel good watching it. You know, I haven't felt, like, good about reality TV since Family Karma. Because that's, yes. like, the one show that, like, didn't have the, any nastiness. No yes. undercurrents of, and I like the nastiness. I watch the nastiness. I'm yeah. all in on this season of OC. But there's just something uplifting and fun and warm about Crappy Lake that I am mm-hmm. I'm here for. Yeah, same. Now, speaking of fun and lighthearted, <laughs> OC is a little bit of that, uh, but there is just so much happening. I need to get your thoughts. Okay. Gina, being incredibly triggered by Jen with two N's infidelity. Mm-hmm. I can't quite get over her obsession with it. Mm-hmm. And I would love, would love, and other people have pointed this out, if Jen or someone else said to her, well, I'm triggered by your DUI. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. she is so frustrating. And I never considered myself like a Heather Dubrow fan. But this season, I'm loving Heather Dubrow. And when she Mm -hmm. was in that car or whatever that was with Gina, and she like hung up on Travis, and she's like, he's not the person you should talk to about this. You need to deal with this. He is not your therapist. I'm like, bravo. Someone needs to say it. You are Mm -hmm. in this negative spiral and you're not getting help for it, and you're not addressing the problem, and you just go and you cry to your boyfriend Mm -hmm. rather than, like, seeking out a professional and, like, figuring out what the problem is and, like, working through it. And I feel like if you have a friend tell you to not tell your boyfriend something, I don't know, maybe listen, especially if that friend's been married for multiple decades. Yeah. And it wasn't just Heather. Like, yes, in that moment, it was Heather that was like, you need to hang up and stop doing this. But when they're sitting at that dinner table together in that last night in Montana, everybody's mm-hmm. basically saying the same thing. Yeah. And Shannon. Gina's just, Shannon says it. And look, Shannon was cheated on horribly. Yes. Horribly. Right. But Shannon isn't out here lashing out on Jen. In fact, she has a lot of empathy for Jen. She's like, look, I know that whatever, like, it was as Shannon is, is trying to defend Jen in a way. That's when Gina really loses it. And this was at the end of last week's episode. That's when Mm -hmm. Gina really loses it and walks away and has to call Travis. Gina, babe, go and get professional help and deal with your triggers. The whole world, like her saying, like, I'm just never going to get over it. You never get over this stuff. You never get over this stuff. There's, of course, certainly there is no timeline on how long it takes you to get over something very traumatic, right? 
But this idea that I'm going to be triggered by this for the rest of my life and everybody around me has to work around those triggers is not a way for adults to function in life. Like I am a woman in all, my late 30s. I'm almost 40. And I I have gone through so much therapy. And yes, the very, the very beginning of therapy, you talk about what your triggers are, right? Like you discover that you have certain triggers. The work doesn't stop there. The work continues when you realize that the world isn't going to change for you and you will be triggered in your life. And what do you do when you're triggered? And how do you respond? And how do you talk yourself off the ledge? And how do you bring logic back in? Because when we are triggered, our emotions take over. Our fears take over. Our inner child takes over. Our previous trauma takes over. But there's ways to walk through that and talk through that. And if you're in your 40s, you have kids and you're dealing. And what's crazy is she's dealing with this man every day, like almost every day. She's dealing with her ex-husband as a co-parent all the time. And I hate to point this out because I'm sure that that's far more traumatic. But she's not talking about the fact that there was severe domestic abuse, trigger warning, Mm -hmm. severe domestic abuse between her and her ex-husband. And so she's putting all of this of like the infidelity. It was the infidelity that pulled the rug from underneath me. But it wasn't the infidelity. It was a lot of other stuff too, Gina, like a lot of other stuff. And so if we're just going to pin it on, I can't be around 2N Jen anymore because she once cheated on her husband, which she seems to have a lot of very, she seems to have a lot of um, very mature feelings about, like she seems to have like come to terms with her infidelity in a very mature way, which I think like bravo to you for coming on a show and being so honest about it. It's like, she's the way she's dealing with it, the way like, I don't really love Margaret, but the way she, Margaret deals with it, right? On New mm-hmm. Jersey, it's like, yeah, I cheated on my husband. I wasn't happy and now I'm happy, period. And it's none of your business. But like, if you can't be around her and you're going to pin all of your, your life fell apart because your husband cheated on you, that's not fair because it wasn't just that your husband cheated on you. And then she says, I haven't gone over it and I never talk about it. I'm like, you've been talking about it for the entire time you've been on the show. You've talked about your terrible marriage to your ex-husband. So this whole thing that like everybody needs to be sensitive to my feelings. I'm sorry. That's that's crazy. And you can't you're in a you're on a show with like 12 women. I don't know how many people they have right now in OC. But you feel like when you're in a bind, you need to pick up the phone and drunkenly call your husband and be like, or your boyfriend and be like, I can't be around this woman who once cheated. What are you doing on the show? Yeah. To be fair, I don't think she was drunk. Um, She has been sober for a year and a half. And she recently came out and said it. Not that she had a alcohol she didn't feel like she was an alcoholic but that she thought there was enough of a problem with it that she stopped and i think that we're going to see the journey of that on the show but i agree with every other point you made like it is insanity and i do think it's easier for her to talk about the infidelity than it is for her to talk about the domestic abuse and from her perspective, the way that she shared it with us, it was like this was sort of a one-time thing and it was so unexpected and it caught her off guard. But um, I wonder if that's actually true. Yeah. And I understand that you had a life planned out and your life didn't go the way you were expected. Like when she says that stuff later on in the episode where she's talking to Travis and she says, 
you know, once you have the rug pulled from under you, you're always waiting essentially for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. And I know that feeling so well. I've actually talked about this a lot because that's essentially how trauma works. When you're, once you experience a certain amount of trauma, you to get back into the feeling of feeling safe is really hard and it takes a lot of work. Like it takes a lot of working on yourself and literally like talking to yourself and reassuring yourself that like you're deserving of good things. Sometimes when you go through a traumatic experience, there's something in the back of our minds. Like for me specifically, I'll just speak personally. There was a lot of times in the back of my mind, I would think to myself, like, this is all happening because I must have done something to deserve this level of suffering. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you work through that and you're like, okay, I don't deserve that level of suffering but something terrible just happened. However, there's something in our minds that kind of like predispose us, make us feel like we're predisposed to chaos. Mm -hmm. And so when things are calm and peaceful, it ends up being moments when we're the most anxious because we're so terrified that something really terrible is going to happen because it's almost like our brains are like more prepared for the chaos than willing to receive and accept peace. And I think that Gina is there right now. She's not willing to accept. And I wonder maybe that's why she wants to be on the show because she kind of invites the chaos. She stirs up drama. She's always like meddling in things. And I wonder if that maybe that's also part of it for her is like she can't she can't have things calm because she might be somebody who prefers to live in the chaos because that weirdly feels safer to her because at least it's chaotic and it's what she knows rather than actually accepting like a peaceful, normal, good life for herself. Totally. I very much resonated with what you said. And I resonate with what Gina was saying, like waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting for the rug to be pulled up from under you again. And just like constantly in like brace mode, like bracing Mm -hmm. for impact. But that is the hallmark of like someone who needs support and needs more help. And I think that's sort of what Travis was trying to say. I think that's what Heather was trying to say to her. I can see how it was harsh to say how much more can Travis take. But um, it's also a lot to put on your partner to play Mm -hmm. the role of therapist, especially when they have no training in that area. (laughs) And I think he's seen so great and so helpful and like letting her know, like, I'm sturdy. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. But she needs to do this on her own. Yeah. And also because when you rely on your partner that way, you end up getting into a codependency mm-hmm. because then if that person does go away, you're back to square one of dealing, figuring out how to deal with your stuff. Like look at Shannon and John, right? Like I think that that's something that Shannon struggles with where she was in a very monogamous relationship and or she was in a very committed relationship. Her husband cheats on her she le- and then she like dates and she does all this stuff. She gets with this, she's with this man, John, and allegedly she continued a relationship with him this season on camera, despite the fact that allegedly they were broken up already, but she needed it for the show, right? Like, I don't, I feel like Shannon, I'm sorry, I feel like Gina, if she keeps relying on Travis, she's going to get into a codependency with him. And that's, that's not what you want. And even when she's saying like, oh, she told me I couldn't call you. So then I go to the room and I I wanted to call you, but I couldn't because I was like, oh, if I call you, I'm going to screw it up. Like, no, Gina, you got to make your own decisions, babe. Like, you got to actually She's not taking any agency over anything. Yes. And And that worries me. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Then we've got Jen with two ends, her relationship with Ryan. Now, mm-hmm. this is just classic housewives, right? Mm-hmm. This is why mm-hmm. I love Jen for the show. She goes on, she's got an interesting story. She's got this guy that she's with who has mm-hmm. so many red flags, but she just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't think it's that she's being naive. I yeah. think she's like, I think this is the best I can do, and I mm. think I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. I think it's also one of those things where you're like, I blew up my entire life for this person. So better so be worth it. It better be fucking worth it, right? And I think you tell yourself that, whatever, and maybe you, maybe, hey, who who knows? Maybe it is. Somebody, uh, watch what crappens. Ronnie pointed out that Ryan has Paul Nassif's face. Yes. And, and yes, now I can't I see it. That. I can't unsee it. Now all I see is like skinny Paul Nassif or Paul Nassif. So that's all I see when I see Ryan. Um, listen, I don't trust anything that Tamra Barney says because it might not be. The thing with Tamara is she might not be telling a full lie, but she like will change the temperature of how a thing was said. Somebody may have said, um, like maybe maybe he came into the gym and he was like, oh, I'm going to fuck everybody here. Or like somebody was joking around like, oh, stay away from married women. And he was like, no, I'm going to fuck her. I'm going to fuck her. Like he may have joked around or something. Yeah. And the way that Tamara will repeat that information is like, you said blah, blah, blah. And it's like Tamara is perfect also for the show because she gets herself into these types of pickles where she says too much or says something wrong way or misconstrues how something was said. And then she takes it very personally and she makes a mountain out of a molehill. It's perfect housewifery. But it is so fun to watch this woman, Tuen Jen, think that she has a friend and learn that Tamara is not her friend. Because that's also like being Tamara's friend on a t- on this show. Everybody has gone through that experience with Tamara, right? Where they're like, I'm friends with Tamara and she loves me. And then by the end of the season, you're like, oh, Tamara's not your friend, honey. And I love watching that unfold. It's it's sad, but I feel like Jen handled it so well. Like so she well. she does get quiet when she's upset or when she's mad, and I feel like that whole Montana trip she was just like processing. Yes, like, how I entered this environment is not how this environment really is. Yes, and I am yeah. watching the dynamics shift, and I am minding my business until I can figure out where it all lands. Exactly. Yes, I love it. I love her. I think she's so perfect for the show. Um, I have said, though, that I did not like the first episode where she talked about foster care and adoption in a way that was like very performative and weird and comparing to the biological children. Yes. But we could have caught her on a weird day or she could have. I don't know. Who knows? But <laughs> let's yes. hope that's not how she's raising her family. Yeah, it's it's very it's coded in a very white savory way. And I don't I did not care for it. Yeah. And just you don't bring people and children into your home to like show your own your biological children that like yes. there are kids that are less fortunate than you. So we're going to bring one in and make an example. <laughs> like That's yes. just like terrible. It's awful. It's like why you do volunteer work, not why you like, you know, uh, yeah. Anyways, like, yeah, no, no. become a parent of another child. Yeah, exactly. It's a very different scenario. Um, 
Heather is feeling a bit left out now that Tamara and Shannon are friends. I did. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for her. I feel like that's a feeling that especially girls like we've been in, usually at younger ages. (laughs) Yes. You know where there's like a group of three, but like Mm -hmm. two get closer and then you're like, why am I the odd person out? But it's interesting. I feel like at the end of the day that um, as much of a bitch as Heather is, that she is insecure about her friendships. Yes. I think Heather is insecure about her friendship. I think Heather's insecure in a lot of places. I think Heather probably thinks that people, like the same way she had that complete flip out on Taylor, I think that she just, it's her insecurities that really take over. And one thing I do think is different about how she's handling this particular situation is she's coming with her own insecurity first, right? She's like, it's not you guys. It's me. It's not a you problem. It's a it's a Heather problem. I feel bad. I don't feel good about like this. And maybe, you know, whatever. Like she at least is admitting that she's insecure about this and she's admitting to the fact that she doesn't want to feel left out again or whatever. Of course, the way that Shannon and Tamara receive that information is why Tam Tamara and Shannon are housewives. But um It's funny because, yeah, I think Heather can be so condescending and so mean and she was so awful to Taylor. But, you know, I I 100 percent know that feeling. I don't have that feeling anymore of feeling left out. Mm -hmm. However, I've seen it happen in my friend groups with my girlfriends that like we're like in our 30s and 40s. And I'm always just fascinated by it because I'm like. Why do you care? That's um, how, that's where I've been for a very long time, where it's like, <laughs> if I have a really good friend and I introduce them to another good friend and they yeah. become better friends, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know, right. things ebb and flow and it doesn't mean we're not friends. If, yeah. you, if you have more in common with them at this current point in your life, like, great. Like, I don't yeah. know. But <laughs> it's, but with Heather... I do feel like while her tone and how she says things can be very harsh, she's not wrong. Like, not. I haven't heard her say a thing that was wrong all season yet. I know. She's right about Taylor. She was right about Gina. Like, she's right about Shannon and, and you know, and how she's phrasing it. Shannon yeah. and Tamara. Like, I, I'm here. I'm finally, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to stand Heather. <laughs> I've always been a big fancy pants fan because in a seat of like woo woo drunken white woman blonde lady nonsense I always enjoyed the fact that like fancy pants is here to sort of like look at everybody and judge them like I'll never forget that image of her at I think it was Tamara's bachelorette party in yes. Mexico kind of crouched over that chair horrified like that's definitely been me a lot in a lot of my life because I I'm usually the most sober person there. And I'm usually the person who's like, this feels like everybody's about to make really bad decisions. So somebody's got to keep it together. And it's going to be me. Like, I feel very much like, I I don't know when Heather's birthday is. But she feels like a Taurus to me. And I'm I'm a a Taurus. Oh, see, okay. Well, there makes sense. There's like a very particular (laughs) way of like either I feel like either Heather is like a Taurus or a Capricorn or a Virgo. Like she just has a very particular energy about her that to me feels like she wants to be in charge and she wants to be in control, which works well when you have several kids and, you know, you're as type A as you are. But um, 
Yeah, can, but you're also you also do those things because sometimes you're feeling just deeply insecure about your place in a lot of places. So then you like overcorrect and you overextend and all of that. And I feel like that's why Heather can come off condescending and disingenuous to people. But to me, I'm like, all I feel is excited to see you because you're just so perfect. I know. I love her. I think she reminds me of like someone who would do quite well in Washington, D.C. Like we are a city that attracts type A people. Everyone is on time, you know, focused, like says things in the way, like the right way or like, a you know, whatever, good with their words, whatever it is that it it attracts people like that for work purposes. And I joke that while I'm in D.C., I'm, Like at work, I'm a type A, but like with friends, I'm a type A (laughs) minus. So like I let all the other type A's like, sure, you want to plan our vacation? You want to coordinate this? You want to decide where we're going to eat? Fine. I don't need to make all those choices. I can take a back seat and be like the type B personality, the cool, like, let me be that person. But when it's like I'm around people that are are not like the DC people, I'm like, well, someone has to be in charge. Like, come on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Because that's how I am with like, my family, family, with my family. Well, with my family, I'm like very type A because somebody's got to run this ship. Yes. Right. So it's my family, my cousins call me master of chaos. Like I always am like the person I'll often emcee people's weddings. And it's not because I'm master of ceremonies, but because I'm master of chaos, because I'm good at yelling at people and telling them to get it together. And so I'm always that person. But when I'm around my friends and especially around other mothers, like other women my age who are mothers who are also type A, I'm so excited to not have to make a single decision. Right. They're like, what do you think about this restaurant for a girls' night out? What do you I'm sure. like, I don't care. You pick sure. the wine, you pick the tell food. Me, yeah. You tell, tell me, me where place, to be. <laughs> tell me the place and tell me the time. And I'll check the weather and dress accordingly. Does anybody need a ride? Like that's all I ever do because I love taking that backseat. I would love, love for, I feel like actually the Montana trip, Heather tried to take a backseat and like go with the float. Like, okay, we're going to go fly fishing. Yeah, she smoked a joint. She (laughs) brought... Okay, I love the fact that we are going into full fancy pants. We, I don't, I didn't know it was in me, but it's just like it's just pouring out of my soul right now. How much I love her! I'm so excited for her because several seasons ago, several seasons ago, she was like, "What are we gonna do? We're gonna smoke the marijuana." Like she said something like that to be silly. And I remember Vicky and Tamara were like, "Heather doesn't know how to say." like marijuana or something like that like she's you know Tamara kind of like made fun of her for being like uptight and uppity or whatever but it was like very obvious that Heather was joking but I think the thing is that like Heather like you said she would do well in DC the reason she doesn't do well in OC is because OC is still a lot of like wine and feelings it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of blonde weaves wine and feelings and like Heather is not a feelings person, really. She's more of like a fellow. She's she's a fact person. Although, and even when she presents her feelings, she's like, these are my feelings. And I know that you didn't try to hurt me, but these are my feelings, right? Like, she's also coming at it kind of factually, too. Like, the truth is that you didn't, the fact is you didn't actively do anything to harm me. But my truth right now is that I feel hurt, which is like a very 
logical, nice way of putting how you feel. But Tamara and Shannon are not on the same wavelength as Heather. And that's why they don't receive it the way that Heather is trying to say it. So they're wine and feelings girls. They're wine and feel. They're blonde weaves, wine and feelings. Yes. I have to, (laughs) I have to share my own truth about something that happened while I was watching Orange County. So Tamara is talking to Eddie and they talk about their Vena CBD company. Sure. I'm like, you know what? I know people have taken this. They've said it's like see her CBD so good. They they have like some gummies that are for sleep. Let me go on the website. So I order two different types of things that oh. they have. They have an incredible marketing practice that is very confusing that as you are checking out, because I got the 15% off first time mm-hmm. person, right? Uh-huh. They say, limited time you're not checked out yet you can get like a two for one sort of thing and the price looks the exact same as the price that you had had so I click again and now I have four gummy things coming to me and I spent over two hundred dollars when that was nowhere near what I had intended to spend I was not on any medication or anything (laughs) while this was happening I just simply was I was duped I was bamboozled by the Venus CBD website (laughs) (laughs) listen that little that little possum Tamper Barney she knows how to make she knows how to make money it is So confusing. And I wasn't even mad. I was like, wow, you got me. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I have no one to blame but myself. I can't go in and undo. There is no cart. I can update. This is an Amazon. (laughs) You can't cancel. Like, and I have not gotten a confirmation that it's been shipped. So it's still in this like purgatory. (laughs) And it's like two separate orders with the same order number of very similar amounts. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, It'll be a race to the finish line to see whether people get their she by she and stuff, she by Sheree stuff that they ordered probably two years ago, or you get your Venus. I bet I will get it soon. It did say like three to four business days before shipping. And so it has only been two full business days. So I will, (laughs) but like, keep us updated. You know, I consider myself like a with it person that doesn't normally make those kinds of errors, especially with money. And then mm-hmm. to like not understand the the like not even fine print. It was big print. And I just clicked agree because I was like, well, I want my order to go through. And like now I've got this potential new savings. And then it was like, oh, no, we just added two more of these gummy things to your <laughs> <laughs> and they have they have some THC in it too. Oh, nice! So it's like CBD. Too. So I was like, oh god, I hope I can handle these. I hope they're not like too strong, and then I can't use them. But I think they'll be good. I've heard really positive things about all of the products. Wonderful. So um, let's quickly touch on Atlanta before sure. we get going. So, oh my god, I'm I've been not great about this season. I just don't have a good feeling about it. And I think that's because mm-hmm. the women don't like each other, like, at mm-hmm. all. And mm-hmm. so it doesn't feel – and I love Atlanta. Like, I find Atlanta to be like, oh, I'm going to watch, and I feel like I'm at a party with a bunch of funny ladies that are, like, yeah. you know, gassing each other up. And now it just feels like women who have been deeply hurt by each other that are actively avoiding each other 
Mm-hmm. And it's just like this dark cloud. So I haven't spent as much time talking about it. But do you think that production brought had Sheree bring back uh, Lisa Wu, Deshaun, and Kim to like hoping that it would like shake something up because it just felt so divorced from everything else that was happening in the episode. It was so weird to me. It was the most random part of an episode. It made no sense to me. It was like this. And then Sheree's like, you know, we have so many years together. We like to get drinks and touch base and see how we're doing. No, you don't. You guys don't hang out. This I, I know that Lisa and Sherry hang out because we saw Lisa last season too at that like pajama party or whatever. But I don't believe for a second, like none of them had seen Deshaun. I don't think that they're hanging out with Kim. Like Kim was like fully auditioning. It was just so strange to me. Um, I just found it to be, yeah, odd. It was like, why are we doing like what is the purpose of this? And to be honest, we saw the entire dinner basically over previews. Like I didn't get anything in the dinner that was new information. I didn't find anything interesting. Um, And I just found it to be so strange. I actually found this episode to be kind of a throwaway episode. I didn't feel like anything really that exciting happened. Um, With Atlanta, I will say this, that the thing that I'm most excited about is to see um, the moment that Drew realizes that, this is not a marriage that she wants to be in anymore. Um, I want to get to know more about her sister. The internet is yes. saying that the sister is probably her mother. Wait, <laughs> <like>, what? <laughs> now, when I say the internet, basically what I mean is like text messages between like me, Taria, and Kendrick, right? Like, Ken- like there's a lot of like... <laughs> Sorry. Like, <laughs> like, do we do this? I need to then message Taria and Kendrick. Do they think... That uh, Allison, the sister, got pregnant, had the baby, and it was raised by Allison's mom, whose yes. name I okay. Yes. So I think the internet and and some of us are speculating this, but there's also just a very silly like love and hip hop Jocelyn Hernandez meme that like Kendrick will often re- reference, and it's if you if you if you have a baby and then your mother raises the baby, that baby is not yours. And then I think what she means to say is it's the grandmother's baby, but she says the grandma's the baby. So I always think about that. (laughs) Wait, this is wild. This would explain so many things. It would explain Allison's mental breakdown more than, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and look, maybe that is her sister. Okay, fine. We'll believe it. That is her sister, whatever. Um, But I think it's very interesting that we're seeing the sister's sister be more involved in the family. And like, I I think that it's likely the relationship between um, Allison and Drew that leads Drew to being like, I don't think that I want to be with Ralph anymore. Because Ralph is trying to control that relationship, right, between Allison and And Drew. Allison clocked that. And that's why yeah. she wasn't allowed in the house because she said he's controlling. Mm-hmm. And she's probably what, you know, she when she opened up this episode about how she had been in a relationship with someone that beat the crap out of her. Yes. It doesn't start with just getting the crap beat out of you. No person would stay in a relationship where yes. like you meet someone and they just start beating you up. It's like a slow systematic process of getting controlled and isolated when you're in a place where you feel like you can't get out. 
Yes, exactly. So I, I want to see how that relationship unfolds. It's very obvious that Candy is just like annoyed with being there. And I love Candy. I think she's Me really too. interesting. I think she's really fun. Um, and I think that she's I, I know that she's not like the most exciting person, but you can always rely on Candy to give like a great face and like a hilarious reaction. And like sometimes that's all you really need. I think the issue is that they're trying to muster some like Mar- Marlo is trying to muster some sort of reaction out of Candy um, because she thinks that that's what's going to get this interesting. But it's like, no, I don't I don't think that that's really going to work. Um, I think that one of the issues that we're having with Atlanta and by the way, I just want to say I'm still watching Atlanta. I'm just like not I'm not getting all of the big feelings about it but i'm still i'm still laughing i'm laughing at the fact that like sheree is pretending like acupuncture is hard for her because she doesn't do needles that was funny and she's like i only do holistic medicine i'm like ma'am you have a brand new face you have a brand new face you are not telling me that you like for five brains is that bad to say i don't like it no nobody likes it sheree oh okay I didn't realize Charade other people is, had that thought. Oh, Charade, <laughs> the most, one of the most, first of all, Atlanta has always been hands down the most gorgeous women on yes. Bravo. Like stunning women, amazing fashion, always killing it with the looks. Charade from day one has like sick body, gorgeous face, whatever. Her fashions have always been good. Like she's never come out and worn anything crazy. Like Charade's always together. And then she presents this new face in her confessional where I was like, you went too hard in the filler. She was on Watch What Happens Live and Andy was like, did you do something to your face? Did you? And she was, and she touched her nose, which Taria pointed out was like a dead giveaway. Like she said, no, nothing. And then she touched her nose, which was like, okay, well, you obviously did do something to your face because you just touched your nose. Um, but she's done all this crazy stuff to her face. And I'm like, you didn't have to. You're beautiful. You I are know, but stunning. no one has to that does like, or they do it too much. There's... Yeah. You know, my dermatologist told me there's a difference between usually like East Coast um, fillers and Botox and West Coast, like and just sort of geography and how like in D.C., no one's going to do that to your face because that's just like not what anyone asks for. Um, But in like Orange County, for example, yeah, that's sort of what people are looking for is the frozen face. Uh, yeah you know and so it's just like so different how he was saying it was just interesting yeah Yeah, like did Sheree go to like an orange county injector and get a crazy face because like she didn't need to but anyway Atlanta I think is I think I'm interested to see where the season goes after this mid-season trailer like it looked like it was interesting but my my the thing that I'm the most interested in is um Drew's storyline yeah. Um, Kenya, again, Kenya's doing her own thing, but she's kind of separated. I did enjoy the auction. I thought it was really fun. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really silly. Um, Sonia, I don't care about her issues with her sister. It's also like, I feel like it's contradictory sometimes. I'm not sure what's going on there. Like, I feel like we're not getting a full story. It just feels really like half put together and then this whole thing with Marlo being like oh, I'm gonna start dating and I'm just like a little girl who doesn't know how to be around men I'm like Marlo stop acting like you're somebody that you're not like I think that everybody's sort of putting on a front and it's not 
Except Drew. I actually Except don't think Drew, Drew yes. is putting out a front for the first time. Yeah. And her, I think what even Drew in her realist is slightly delusional. And I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I like my yeah. housewives delusional as long as they're not harmful to others. Exactly. Delusional in their exactly. own in their own way. Yeah, the only thing I would add is just that I think Sonia, because she was sort of the breadwinner in the family and she became famous as a runner and like her whole family came to the US and all of that, that she still thinks she's the center of the world and mm. behaves that way and that yes. everyone is supposed to now she's on housewives and she's bringing in that paycheck and she's going to keep them all on her payroll and control them but she doesn't think about their well-being and yeah. she is very very incredibly self-centered yes i agree people are like oh my god if my sister talked to me that way i would kick her out of my house i'm like no this woman has done everything for Sonia. Like, everything. Yes. That's why Sonia and feels bad. She's like, I'm not treating you well. But she can't stop because she doesn't know yeah. how. It's like, it's, okay, yeah, it's step all she knows. one, yeah. Yeah. get other people to work for you. Exactly. This is clearly an unhealthy dynamic. No one's happy with it. Have your sister and brother-in-law get jobs outside of you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. We just need Heather Debro to come in and deliver that. <laughs> I know. I know. And then Gina would be like, can you believe that Heather talked to somebody that way? And be like, Gina, shut up. Her Go accent is insane. I get very offended when people say it's Midwest. It's not Midwest. I don't know what it is. But Midwest? No, people it's have not said Midwest. That. I'm like, it's a, it oscillates between Long Island, like a big Long Island and Valley Girl. So she'll be like, Travis, can you believe that Heather would talk to me that way? I'm like, yeah. what voice is this? What are She's you doing? Nuts. She's something else. Oh my gosh. Nora, thank you so much for taking the time today for chatting all things housewives. Love you. Love your podcast. You had a really funny podcast recently with Ray Sani. Um, that was the last one I listened to of yours. I really liked it. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find your podcast, and all things Noor and the reality is. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me here. This was wonderful. Um, I am everywhere. I'm on Twitter and on Instagram. And I guess now because I'm on Instagram, I'm also on threads. But I don't really know what to do on threads because they don't have gifts. But it's at the reality is pod in all those places and you could find my podcast everywhere podcasts are heard i do a pop culture sort of politics sports roundup episode in the beginning of the week and then towards the towards the end of the week you'll get a couple of episodes from me talking about housewives sometimes talking about some scripted television we're not getting any scripted television anytime soon because everybody's striking good for them pay them a fair wage and yeah so just check me out there and and hopefully I'm going to get Mandy on the episodes on yes. episode soon. Yes. We will we will talk about that post recording. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much and we'll have you back again soon. Take care.